0: The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a roll again, tabletop, lock, mush, and everything in between. The only way I win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a roll again, tabletop, lock, mush, and everything in between. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast. The podcast that helps you level up your RPG. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have fun. fun. I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. And joining me, as always, is Carrie, the legend. And Jason, the favorite.
1: Hey, I'm also the one who leveled up. Because that's how Mm -hmm. the only way to have fun at RPGs. Is that what we said to begin with? Is to level up? up to three.
2: to three, you're it's three right. it's the third season. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We so
0: welcome to season three. Yeah. Um so we are starting this season just a hair later than normal. We are. Uh so we're sorry about that for the one of you that cared. Yes. Uh for everyone else.
1: No no, you don't say you're sorry, you say I appreciate your patience. Thank you.
0: And everyone else can go fuck themselves. No!
1: What? Oh my gosh! It's PG 13, so he gets one every episode. Yeah, and and then I'll edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we need to do our housekeeping
0: for our very amazing Patreons. Well, let me just start. Can I can I make one quick announcement really fast? Absolutely, sure. Uh, it's, I, if it's not Disney related, it's not. Okay, I'm reco- Well, it kind of is though. <sighs> yeah, while, it is a little. While at Disney, I got a horrible chest cold. I brag. <laughs> I'm bragging about a horrible chest cold <laughs> at Disney, <laughs> and uh, and so anyway, my voice is not a hundred percent today. So if I sound a little weird, I that's
2: think that's why. probably
0: for the best. Yeah. Okay. So well, hold on. What? Oh, Carrie went to Disney too.
2: No. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. She did. Yeah, I know. I did. And I'm also very sick still, so. Right.
1: But we always schedule our podcast recordings on days that you're sick. Yeah,
2: sicker, I'm on my period. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate that.
0: Anyway, so the reason, part of the reasons we're starting late is because uh, Jason had some family issues that he had to take care of. And then uh, my family, Carrie and I, and, and so we've all been traveling and sick. And so anyway, so we're just... We're all late, but uh, we're all here now better better yeah. and um, just
1: remember yeah. that in your lives you're our number three priority. That's right. Family, work, then this.
0: Really? Does it work first for you? No, it was huh oh, a no, little no, bit.
2: It was... Oh my both of you yeah. shut up. <laughs> both of you <laughs> shut up.
0: Let's talk about our Patreon. Yes. <laughs> So we have a Patreon that we helps do. keep the show on the air at Patreon. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it's at Patreon.com slash On A Roll Podcast. And mm-hmm. you can go there and, uh, you know, help support the show, pay the bills, keep the
2: the show coming. We really, really, really need to get a board. Uh, we're a trying, board to get a, board. trying
0: to get a sound board to yeah. make all of this more betterer. Yes. Uh, but until then, Carrie... Uh, we have some kind of exciting news. We're changing a little bit about what? our Patreon. Yeah? Uh, so we're going to change everything so that everything happens once every season. So like
1: the postcards.
0: Right. So everybody who got a postcard when they when they pledged to a certain level, well, now that we're in season three, we're going to create a new postcard to send you all. So, oh, more we're... character roasts too then. right? So you'll get uh, another character roast. The only thing that won't repeat is like the book. Because we only have one. Because there's only one book. so You 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 should write another book. You don't need a second book, and neither do I. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think you should write another book. No, I actually think if another book is written, it needs to come from you. Yeah.
0: uh, I'll write a crappy book, knock it out. There you go. Sounds good. All right. So, Carrie, tell us, uh, let's, let's start from scratch then and pretend like we've never had a patron before.
2: Oh, welcome everyone to our Patreon. Um I'm gonna just quickly read off the list of sweet all of our patron members. Sweet money given mamas. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm gonna butcher some names cause Please, I Please
0: thank you. Uh, uh, Jason has Jason would I'm like good. to say Salim's name. All nope, right. I'm good.
2: Um, so thank you to Nick Riley, um, Kim Kerr, Joe Terranova, Tanya Evans, Cameron, Lost Colonies, Ryan Martin, Drew Stevens, Sarah Sarah Salim. Leby. There you go. Nope. And Josh Heath. I said it right in my head. So <laughs> um, Joel and Noah Coltrop.
1: Yay. Thank you all so much for. What if we uh, said all the names wrong and then it's no longer weird.
0: Right.
2: Well, except for you said that and now it is weird. Oh. oh. Okay.
0: So if you'd like a shout out on the podcast or free stuff or anything like that or mm-hmm. if you just want to out of the kindness of your house kindness yes, of, your of your house if your house is kind you know only, or you and your house mm-hmm. wants to help keep the show <laughs> coming uh then please have uh, your house go to honor roll to get, <laughs> what? your house can just go to uh patreon.com slash honor roll podcast mm-hmm. your house can enter its credit card number
1: <laughs> yes and,
0: and give us a little, a little bit of money to to help us get aboard and pay the bills and, yeah Stuff like that.
1: I would like to say, I hope that y'all are all really
0: rusty at listening to the podcast. Because <laughs> we're rusty at
2: doing it. Yeah, Ooh, okay. You guys have no idea how long it took us to get to this point. Second
0: note, uh, you probably all noticed that we have a way cool new opening theme song. Yeah. Right. So we want to give our shout out to Wes Seepin, who works for The Alderman Group, which is a local uh, public relations communications firm here. In Cleveland, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and uh, that is who did our, our music now. So all of our music is now from Wes Seepin at the Alderman Group, uh, including the theme song and the music that you hear in between stuff. The so, interstitial music? The interstitial. Okay. When last we left our Intrepid Adventurers, we were here at this table recording our final podcast, mm-hmm. and so now we're recording our first podcast. And since then, uh, I went to Disney... I had a work trip that took us to Orlando for a conference, mm-hmm. and we extended it a couple of days and went to, uh, to Animal Kingdom because Dakota insisted that Avatar is now her favorite movie ever, 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 and so we had to go ride the Pandora rides. Has she seen it? She yes. She did, yes. Okay.
1: You know and, what? It's fun.
0: You know, okay, so I'm going to tell you this. It is better than I remembered it being.
1: Yeah, I had a great yeah. time in the theaters.
0: I, and, and I'm not saying, nobody quote me as this being like the greatest movie ever made. I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm just saying, though, I remembered it as just being really mediocre. And it's not. It's better than that.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's like a B.
0: Yeah, even Carrie said the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that was better than I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the next day we went to Hollywood Studios because we had to go to Galaxy's Edge, which oh, is, the, you know, Star Wars land.
1: If if I were going to go to Disney and I could only visit one land, that's where I would go right now.
0: Yes. And uh, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because I really think that everybody who's a diehard Star Wars fan just needs to go and experience it. But I would mm-hmm. tell you that it was pretty amazing – uh, and and is definitely. I mean, I could have sat in that part of the park all day long and just sat on a bench and watched. And been storm- happy, yeah, and just watched stormtroopers walk by and people, you know, drinking blue milk, and it was just pretty incredible, and uh, it, it was amazing. So, I'm fascinated by the LARP elements that y'all talked about. It's hugely LARP thematic.
2: Yeah, everyone that works there is in character
0: and this right. is
1: more than like the normal princesses correct yeah no they which that stuff is supposed to be well it is really cool in my yeah. experience and there is limited experience there
0: is the star wars equivalent of that in that there's a Rey that walks around there's a kylo ren who walks around and those are kind of your your princesses yeah right same principle yeah but uh in a chewbacca and stuff like that um but what's really impressive is the folks who work at the shops you know when you're when you're at disney world and you are in a, a toy store or whatever, you know in the Magic Kingdom, the person at the register has their name tag, and it says, I'm Miguel. And then underneath it, it says, Mexico City. Sure. Right? Because the, everybody who works there, they're all interning from other places and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like and, and when you're in the Star Wars area, it says, Miguel. Tatooine.
1: Ah, oh. Do right? they know Tatooine
0: facts? And they do.
1: Yeah. Oh, so they that's have, cool.
0: They have all, every person in every shop or whatever, every, if you are in Disney name tag, you are a character and you have a story. And you are uh, definitely either aligned with the smugglers, the first order, or the resistance.
2: In fact, we met somebody in a different part of the park mm-hmm. who saw, like, so we were not in Batuu. Yes. We were in a different part and she told Dakota that she used to live on Batu. Ah. And has since gotten out. <laughs> which you know, which was the code for I used to I she worked was there earlier. Yeah. She was transferred and now she worked at a different part of the park. But That's she cool. couldn't say
0: that. She had to still play the I lived there. Yeah. Yes. I didn't work there. I lived there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's so that's pretty incredible how it, it's very immersive. So everything all of the articles that you've read about how Disney studied LARP yes. you know, before yeah, they did. They did. It, you it, it you believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible. What about you, Carrie? What have you been up to?
2: Well, I have not been lazy. And I've been working on another podcast. Oh. That's uh, the Werewolf Podcast. Yep. Werewolf the Podcast. Yeah. Um. How so, many episodes do y'all have now? Oh God, because I, I listened to the first
1: two, but my life's been a mess. I haven't made sure. No, that's anymore. that's
2: fair. That's fair. Um, I'm not sure because I we ended up recording a little ahead. And then one of those got lost, so now we're going to have to re-record well, that it. That never and happens to us. What? No. Ugh. Ugh. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it only happens when we interview really important people. Absolutely. I've never
0: lost an entire audio track of Chris Spivey. Oh, no. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh,
2: sorry, Chris. <laughs> and um, so, you know, we've been, I've been doing lots of reading of the old werewolf books. Yes. Um, finding really neat facts. Um, I discovered that I really find the girl boring.
1: Really? Really boring. So, like, from the outside, they're very interesting. But yeah. when you dig in, there's not enough meat. When you dig in,
2: you're just, they're just like, oh, it's just for power gaming Children of Gaia.
1: Oh. Yeah,
2: like, there was not a... For me, anyway. There wasn't I as was, much meat
0: as you were hoping for? No, not at all. I think the interesting thing about the Garal is that the Garal in character are power gamers. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, it's not just the kind of player, either. Like, the Garal... In character are like, we know all these cool powers and, and we're not going to share we're not them with sharing. anybody. Nope. You know what we should do? Kill all of them.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: that's um, just to get a interest in me talking yeah about. yeah i know i get it i
2: get it um i've been doing lots of larping i went to a big larp thing yeah, you went to midwinter i did go to midwinter and you helped run something right i did i did I, I ran werewolf for the first time in a long long time probably what like 10 years almost no no not that long think about well, it oh gosh yeah okay yeah. maybe yeah
1: <laughs> well not quite 10 years because probably, at
2: least six or seven years
1: Oh, it could be two and, years. Yeah. Because and, it was two years. Oh,
2: let's not do math. <laughs> okay. And, um, and so that was, that was really fun, although I felt really bad because, like, it was the By Night Studios rules, and I don't know the werewolf rules for By Night Studios very well. And so, like, I was just like, I was like, everybody sit down. Mm-hmm. We're going to hand wave a bunch of this, but I will give you a good story. And they were all like... Okay. And then they were happy? And they all were happy. Um, And then when that was over, I got to um, basically run the moot. Yeah. Which, because by night Studios do moots so differently now, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I'm going to run the moot how I know how to run the moot. Right. So you ran so, like
0: the traditional old, laws,
2: old of the laws of the wild stuff. And all these players, like, I had players shaking my hand afterward, which right. was just bizarre, but kind of cool, you know. Like mm-hmm. And, and then, so, like, I was able to direct a bunch of people to old books to, for flavor mm-hmm. to be able well, to put into the game.
0: That's one of the things that the three of us uh, do agree on. Is that the the spiritual aspects lost a lot of flavor in the book yeah, by Nice Studio's right. books? And so by run but it doesn't say that those the old stuff isn't usable.
2: Yeah, know. it just right. kind they of just focuses. In, they just didn't on include any of it. Yeah.
0: So so by using it, you kind of open some folks' eyes to how fun spirits yeah, so like, can
2: be. That mm-hmm. was really exciting and neat. Um and and like it kinda Got me a little excited about running LARP again. Now that I'm doing that, Uh, you
1: you, you briefly (laughs) did. We should run something. And then I was like, No, no, (laughs) I'm better.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'm still running the two mush games. Right. And um, I've been working on commissions for art. Tell me about the the the
1: crap the stained glass when you. Oh my gosh!
2: So literally last night at at a LARP, I had a player come up to me and they're like, "Oh, I'm so glad you're here." And I'm like, "Oh, why?" He's like. Because I have something for you. And he gave me an entire set of st- stained glass making stuff.
1: So you'll be able to make, like, stained glass creepy dolls soon. I'm
2: going to try. <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> so bizarre.
1: I yeah. had, hey. Well, you know, that's something I've always encountered at LARP. Even when I'm having my worst experiences with an org or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Most of the time, everybody is still a community. Yeah. Right. And so, like, I'm sure that he either didn't need that or thought, This is something Carrie would really love. Well,
2: he said that they were cleaning out a room or something, and his wife used to do it. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we don't want this in here anymore. Like, let's get rid of it. And he Mm -hmm. was like, wait, I know an artist.
1: So let's give it to her. Yeah. Absolutely. It was pretty amazing. Well, Jason, what about you? My life has been terrible. Uh, We know. So, like, uh, I've had, like, the worst two months of my entire life. My, you know, uh, to make it short, because I don't want to just drag it all out. My mom died. Mm -hmm. She got the flu, and she had some other stuff, and it just all combined. Uh, For a person in their late 60s, it was just too much for her. Yeah, Uh, It was very—I don't know anybody else who's went through a process like this before, but the whole thing took about three weeks. And uh, from, like, the first week on, we knew how it was going to end. So it was really just a matter of uh, becoming emotionally prepared
0: to deal with everything— as and you're,
2: you're never really prepared no, either, no. so yeah.
0: And all of those processes come with financial burdens. And, yes. And, uh,
1: we were very fortunate, though. We we were in Park Ridge Hospital in Chattanooga, and uh, they've got the best nurses I've ever been around in my life. They're good, all very compassionate, good. especially the ones that were uh, on the the hospice part of it. Yeah. And so, I mean, that part of the experience is wonderful. I just, uh, you know, it's... Anybody who's lost a parent or somebody really close to them like that, Mm -hmm. it's just—you don't ever really get over things like this. You just kind of get used to it, and uh, you can handle it after time. Um, And then, like, the craziest thing happened after sitting with Mom in the hospital day after day and just everything, and my work was just amazing. They said, take as long as you need, and I basically called them twice in the whole time period to say— I'm I'm, I am eventually coming back, right? And I would have people from work message me and talk to me and stuff just to check in on me. But anyway, after all that, I uh, you know mom passes away, and uh, that's a Sunday morning, and I decide like as terrible as this is, I I need to go to work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Monday, the next day, I think I'm going to go to work, and then you know we'll have a service in a a week or so, and you know I'll just deal with you know i'll just go to work and put my head down and it'll it'll probably help right uh, and and also honestly i needed the money because i at that point because what's tr- terrible about this is is this all takes place over the christmas holidays
0: right so
1: i had planned on taking off 2 weeks and i knew that money was going to be tight right but what i didn't plan on was taking off 3 weeks and also having this extra expense of going to the hospital every day and dealing with a bunch of stuff that I wasn't going to have to deal with, I'm you know that Monday I go to work, uh, and I work all week that week. No, no, I don't go to work Monday. I go to work Wednesday. That's right. Sorry. Uh, and I think I need you know I need to get in two or three days a week of work this week. Mm-hmm. I do that. Friday I say, let's go to the movies. We need to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go to the movies. But by the end of the night, also, uh, Jack Black is still a genius. (laughs) (laughs) saw Jumanji 2, did you? It is so good. (laughs) All right. right. It's it's not as good as the first one, but only because I'd already seen the first one. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, uh, at the end of the night, I'm miserable. I've I've got a headache, and I'm just like, man, I figure I've had the worst month of my life. I'm just exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I go to bed. I wake up the next morning, and I have the flu. So I miss the whole next week of work, and I'm just miserable. It's like if anybody has ever had the flu before, you think you've been sick <laughs> if, until you've had the flu. Right. Right? And uh, I basically force myself to eat a very small amount every day because mm-hmm. I, I knew that if I didn't— It would be worse. It yeah. would be worse. And I would just like chug NyQuil— and uh, drink as much water as I could, and uh, basically the only thing that kept me from getting bed sores is the fact that I have a tiny bladder, so I had to get up every hour <laughs> to pee for a week, and it was miserable. And, and I, you know, and then I finally got over that, and I, you know, so that's basically been my life for the last Aww. month.
0: Well, we're we're all really sorry that, that all this happened. And-
1: well, you know, it's unfortunately some one of those things that we uh, all have to go through eventually, yeah. and it's just a matter of kind of like holding everything together for long enough for I don't want to say back on track but things to get normalized again right yeah
0: so so let's get normalized again let's let's do a podcast yeah Yeah. (laughs) alright we'll be right back Woo! Wasn't that lovely new music? Yeah, I guess so. I'm pumped. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I appreciate it.
1: We well, needed some non, uh, what do you call it? All the podcasts use music. No public the,
0: domain music. They
1: all use public domain no. music, and it's weird when you listen to two podcasts that are about we're really, really different stuff, and they're using the same intros yeah. and stuff.
2: <laughs> now we're all private domain. Yeah, we're private
0: domain. You know what? I like the music that we used before, but yeah, I, I like too. the music we're doing yeah. better. So. Woo! Cool. Well, today our topic is: Am I a great GM?
2: Like you specifically? Uh, like yeah, I, I saying Ryan? We're going to talk about, about Ryan. Three out of five. five. Does no, that but sound it, fair?
0: You know the. Yeah. Um, but we always talk about how to be four out of six a good player. How to be a good DM, mm-hmm. right? How to be a good storyteller. How to how to do all of these things. And I thought, well, today let's let's flip it just a little bit and talk about how do you know. Are you a good DM? Mm. So maybe if you recognize that you're not the best, it's time to get started? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, um, obviously, uh, so right out the gate, we can just say, like, you know, if people are coming back to your game, you don't suck. Uh,
1: yeah. If people are attending, at the very
0: least, you're mediocre. Yeah.
2: You at least have really good snacks. All right. Right. Yeah. So or they're
0: desperate. Or they're desperate. Yeah. So the, the basics, you know, the
2: basics are,
0: are you know, is is your game functioning?
2: Yeah. Do no. you have one? Yeah. Do you
0: have one? Uh, are you having fun? Right. It sounds stupid, but that's like the, to me, that's
1: the first measure. Am I having fun? Because this is my hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. Not being paid to do it. And if I'm not having fun, then it's bad.
0: And then the same question of your players.
1: Do they seem like they're having fun?
0: Right. And, and if you can say, you know, yeah, your game's functioning, people are playing it, you're having fun, they're having fun, uh, then you're fine. You know, you guys are all winning at your game, mm-hmm. right? Good on you. That's great.
2: But I don't want to be fine,
0: right? Mm-hmm. We all want to be great. I want
2: to be a legend.
1: Hey, can I ask? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put something out here that I've seen lots of people do, yeah, and even I've been guilty of. Mm-hmm. Games just wrapped, whether it's your LARP or your tabletop game or whatever, and then it's, everybody goes, "Did you have a good time?" And everybody's like, "Yeah, we had a great time." Woo! You know what that is? Meaningless, right? That has <laughs> zero meaning on whether they had a good time or not. Right. Some of that's adrenaline. Some of it's adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Some of it is like the group is yelling, so I'm in. Right. And also it's being polite because you, you did just one game for them. That's actually a lot of it, I think, is yeah. being polite. Yeah. You're
2: not going to go, you suck! Well, you in know, front
1: what? of everybody. There's lots of times I've left game thinking I had a great time. And then later on I was like, you know what? I
0: really didn't Think a about. good time. I but, always say, you know, think about just how just how shitty your day has to be for you to say pretty shitty when someone says, how are you today? Right. It's almost mm-hmm. never. It's almost never. Yeah. Like the worst we get is you might say, I'm, a, eh, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right. Fine. Yeah. And so like when you apply that to like, how uh, did y'all have fun? mm mm-hmm. You know, and I'll tell you something else too. The other thing, especially, this is especially true in LARPs, but it's true in all, everything that we talk about. <laughs> Is that I just snorted like? Yes, you did. I was going to make a comment, but you beat me to it. Yeah, but uh, the reality is that uh, you can have fun at a shitty game. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: I've so, had tons of fun at shitty
0: tabletop games. Absolutely.
1: absolutely. So because I'm great,
0: right? So, the, <laughs> so today we really want to, and, and uh, the reverse of that though is if your players are having fun and all those other things we just talked about are met, like you're fine.
2: Don't, don't feel bad. You know
0: fine is good. Mm-hmm. Like, fine is good. Like, that's... Don't, don't be bad about that. But, so, but we want to talk about, like, how do you know if you're better than fine?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's some key things that you've
0: come what up with? What are the with? signs? Well, I think... Because uh, I would say
1: some of these, but I can't read your scribbling.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, well, the first thing is, what do your players think? So how do, I, how do I get that information out of them? Well, listen to what they're saying. Uh, You know Unprompted stuff Right So I don't think that uh, To use kind of A little bit of a metaphor Like uh, I don't think that A good A a great DM Preaches to the choir I think a great DM uh, Creates a choir That preaches for them
1: Okay Yeah So people say I had a good time Without
0: prompting Yes That's a good sign They're talking to other people Telling them how great a game They had
2: Or when they come up to you Right. specifically you know like I actually said um, when we were talking about what we did like when right. I had the people coming up and shaking my hands great like, doesn't yeah, it? yeah I was like oh I'm a I'm the legend you know like for a second there and you know that yeah. was a nice feeling
1: you know what the number one thing for me is when they bring another player yeah oh, well
0: that's huge right that's huge now that can't that doesn't that really is more larp or mush Right. Because it's hard to just invite some stranger to a tabletop game yeah. without talking, getting permission from the group. Just because it's a lot tabletop of times there's different. space issues. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's huge when people mm-hmm. start bringing their friends. Right, huge. Well, you know, there's
1: been lots of times when I've wanted to talk to people at work about getting into LARP, and then I was like, which LARP should I invite them to that would be good for new players and easy to understand? and would be the things that these people would like right
0: and that's that's hard there's a <laughs> lot of
2: requirements yes. yes
0: i think uh the other the other side to to what your players think too is is how engaged are they mm-hmm. you know i mean are your players all sitting around at tables bored or or are you noticing like if it was a larp i would say do you notice that like all of a sudden no one's in character that means either somehow you lost them something mm-hmm. right and that's hard. That
1: is really hard to keep that 24-7.
0: Yeah. Yes. And, and then the same thing applies you know, between games. Are they excited to talk about your game right. in between your game sessions? Does, and that that's seem- a
1: tricky thing that has to be managed, too. Yeah. Though. I mean, there's a dark side to that as well, where people get too invested. Right. But it's a good sign that they are. <laughs> <laughs> are your
2: players obsessive? Well, <laughs> that means you're doing a good job. Yeah. And, and you
0: know, Jason, you were talking about relationships earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another sign is do your players have a healthy relationship with, mm-hmm. right? You know, cause if all of your players are fighting, you're doing something, uh, you are in some way not helping
2: Yeah.
0: in okay. something you are doing as a, you know we all like to to there, there's the whole the great debate what's more important the group of players or the storyteller you know or you know the mm-hmm. dungeon master And or that's silly. We all are Every, everything is really pretty equal but yeah. uh the fact of the matter is it's kind of like a, a couple doesn't divorce because one single person is 100% at fault. Yeah. Like I mean it takes know, two to tango. It, yeah. And so like if all your players are in an unhealthy relationship there's something you're not doing that that could maybe help that.
1: And that's a difference between fine and great. Yes. Because mm-hmm. a fine storyteller, DM, uh, LARP runner, uh, wizard for mush. Yeah. It You could be running a great game. Right. Everybody's having a great time in character, but they're miserable out of character the around th- each
0: other. The thing mm-hmm. I'm doing to promote their healthy relationship is getting them together every week. No. It's not enough. And, not really. And, and it, there's truth to it, though. Yeah. But it's not enough. Uh, and then I think the last thing is, uh, um, do they think that you, like, and, and Carrie, you mentioned when people complimenting you at mm-hmm. Midwinter. Were they saying that you oh my gosh Carrie, you are such a great storyteller? Or did they come up and say, Oh my gosh, Carrie, your plot was great. Your mm. so are they specificity? Yeah specificity. Do yes. they think you are great or do they think your game is great? Right. Because here's the thing if they tell you that you are a great ST, they're full of crap. Yeah. They are kissing your butt because they want to get that plus one sword.
1: Or maybe they just like you and they want you to feel good.
2: Yes. So can I – I want I to rabbit trail sure, for a do second. It. I love so rabbits. pig
1: trail instead. I
0: eat them. They're bigger.
2: So um, when I first started to learn how to run a game
0: mm-hmm. – This was two, one, week, two weeks ago, two right weeks before midwinter. Right,
2: right before midwinter. Um, one of my biggest fears was that, like, when people would come up and be like, Oh, this was really awesome. Your game was fun. I like this. I like mm-hmm. that and all that. Is because, at the time, I was one of the only female sure. game runners. Right. And, you know. In the world. In the world. No. <laughs> but, like. Maybe in the world of darkness. Uh, anyway. Not really. Not true. No, no, no. But, because I was one of the only females, mm-hmm. you know, that um, I got a lot of compliments because I was a girl. Right.
1: You're like yep. are they saying I'm a good storyteller, or are they saying I'm? Are they pretty? trying
2: to get in my pants? Yeah, that's and, tragic. And it was it was really hard to for me to have to put that um, you know those sunglasses on to be able to see through that you know like yeah. to go through and go oh this person's full of crap right mm-hmm. isn't you know, that awful it is it is awful because yeah. it, your your ego takes a hit then mm-hmm. right oh they didn't actually like you know I don't know if they actually liked my game. They're just coming here to, to flirt
0: yes. yeah. or, or whatever. We'll, we'll talk about this again in a minute, but like, it's this idea that if you are, as a storyteller, if I'm sitting at the Denny's afterwards and everybody's sitting around and they're all talking about how great the game was, that's how they tell you you're a great storyteller or a yeah. great DM, right? They don't tell you by saying, Ryan runs an amazing game.
1: Yeah. They yeah. don't
0: say that. They say— I mean, they might say that, but half the time they're kissing your most ass. Most of the time they're kissing yeah. your butt. Yeah. So, yeah. Are they talking about you or are they talking about mm-hmm. your game? If they're talking about your game, then you're doing something.
1: Right. Yeah. Can I, I— Okay, it's similar rabbit trail. I read this great article not long ago about how that old school DMs used to do this thing where— You know how we have the DM screen, right? Yeah. yeah. What if you had a DM screen that was six foot tall— so that they could – not only could they not see you at all, what you were doing behind the screen, they couldn't see you. And the theory was they wanted to be the omniscient voice of the narrator and not be perceived as a person at all. Hmm. So they would be completely removed from the process emotionally so that now they're just running – like you're telling them what they're you're doing, they're doing, and you're responding to it, and there's no – hint of emotion from you or uh you're not in any way uh, hmm. tipping them their hand by them seeing your face yeah so or anything
2: but, but then a, just play a video game then. from a
0: technical standpoint mm. i do find that a fascinating right right i would never do it but it's interesting but now having said that though i also think though the flaw in that is that for a role-playing game to succeed you must have the emotion of fun
1: well, that person that was has, having fun because but, their fun was in the idea of I've designed all this and you're participating in it. Yeah, but I think that those
0: emotion that emotions are um, are fluid, right? And they they cross people, sure. they go across people. Yeah, and uh, and it and you you want your energy to be on the table. Yes. It, yeah, it just
2: seems cold.
0: I, that
1: was
2: the purpose. I know, it, you know, which is fine if that's what people want, but yeah. I wouldn't want that. Yeah, yeah.
0: but of intr- a very interesting... Uh, but it means mm-hmm. that you could never say, well, Billy
1: is great, because now you're not thinking of Billy. Right. All you see is the omniscient narrator behind the screen. Yeah. Voiceless douche. <laughs> the voiceless... No, the voiced <laughs> d-
0: douche. Yeah. So so the first way you can... First, first way, the first... Thinkings is how do I know if I'm a better, play, a better than fine DM? Is okay. what do your players think? The other piece is now, what do you think as the DM? All right. Um, and I think the very first thing to this, Carrie touched on, and that's are you nervous or afraid but doing it anyway? Yeah. Because a, yeah. I think that a great DM is always a little nervous and afraid. Uh, and, and let me just say, being confident is not – it doesn't mean you can cannot be afraid. Yeah. Right? Confidence be, is acting in spite of fear, not because of it. Yes. Yeah. And I believe that great DMs are always a little afraid because that means they are willing to allow the players to take the game to unexpected places. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's that uh, trust enabling those risks. And I think that if you are not a little nervous or a little afraid as you run game – I think that's a sign that maybe you you might not be as great as you think you are. I've, I've read of, like, these... I just made a bunch of overconfident DMs really mad. Oh, uh, or scared. <laughs> I hope maybe they were scared. I've read uh, about these
1: Broadway performers that were just amazing, stellar people, and before every performance, they, like, vomit for 30 mm-hmm, minutes. Mm-hmm. And they go out there, and they knock it out of the park every time. Right. They should be... They should their phoning it in is better than anyone else's best day, right? But they're terrified.
0: If you are not afraid, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the other another thing that's uh, a
1: driving lesson too. A driving lesson. Oh yeah, you should be constantly afraid and and inspiring that in
0: others. I'm afraid. Anyway, what's your on next road with you? <laughs> you should be. <laughs> you should be afraid when you're riding with. Jason. <laughs> that's a riding lesson, not yeah. a driving lesson. Uh, also, what do you think about like? Do you engage your players, right? Are you focusing on them and asking them great questions that you can build from later? Uh, You know, you have to be doing just enough to be interesting and then flip the focus onto the others at your table. I think that's a great sign of a great DM.
1: So if you're up there telling a story, you should write a book. But if you're up there to to, to find the story that they have to tell...
0: That can be told within yes. the narrative that you are driving.
1: If it's a cooperative experience, that's a good thing. Yes. Right. But if you're driving everything, that's
0: probably a bad thing. I think that we have all played in a game where the storyteller, the dungeon master, or the game master, whatever you want to call him, was so uh, so intent and focused on the story that they are telling that you know, there was no room for our characters to breathe I've had a great
1: time in games like that. Absolutely. But you I've can, not had a life-changing, amazing time.
0: Right. Yeah, you can have fun at those games. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, we're, those games are fine. hmm But are they better than fine? Right. Hmm, probably not. Uh, do you, uh, you know, do you take, again, the fear thing, do you take risks? Are you trying new things? Because that's how you're building the trust with your players. Mm-hmm. And if they trust you, they'll risk their characters. Um, I also think the other, the other thing is, what do you think of failure?
1: Uh oh, you have to be willing to fail it, it, because if you're not willing to fail, you're not taking any risk. You're not pushing the envelope at all. You're not opening yourself up to players choices. And how,
0: and how are you handling the failures?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, what I was going to say is the trust enables, um, risk goes the other way as well.
0: Yes, totally.
2: You know, your, your, um, your players, have to allow you to maybe try something and fail, mm-hmm. and that they're not going to just abandon you.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that uh, you have to admit your mistakes, mm-hmm. and then learn from them, and then no one will care that you made them. Yeah, absolutely. Or,
2: well, at least, we'll forgive you. Yes, yeah.
0: I'm, I've been listening to the,
1: uh, the, the Matt Colville stuff lately, mm-hmm. and one of the things he said that was really cool was that, essentially, that if you're running a really good game, some of the games will be bad. And that's because, uh, not by design, but by uh, the. essentially the effect is if I'm giving the players the ability to make important choices, then every so often we're going to have a game in which they kind of get bogged down and I try to fix it, but because they're bogged down, without forcing them to do things, they're going to have to just sort it out, right? Right. So we're going to have a session that's kind of meh. And that's actually a sign of a good game sometimes because it means that you have the ability to make important choices, and you have the ability to fail, which means that the game can fail some,
0: too, right. you know? Right, exactly. Right. You know, a lot of times we're afraid to take risks because we're, we're afraid that if we fail, the people are going to think that, you know, that I'm dumb, you know? Uh, our, my players are going to be like, well, well, you're dumb for trying that. Of course that didn't work, right? But the thing is, a confident DM knows they're not dumb, they're taking a risk. They're just trying something. Yeah, and we have to be okay with that. Okay.
1: I think that's sort of the same thing we've been saying in a different angle, though, is that uh, we we do want us as storytellers to be trying stuff all the time. Yes. Uh, and we have to communicate to our players that, hey, uh, the, the the deal with trying new stuff is that it's cool for y'all and for me, but also sometimes it's not going to work. Yeah. And, and we have to be
0: willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, another another way to tell if you're a, a, a better than fine DM, <laughs> right? Is uh, you know do you do you find yourself needing to constantly take credit for the stuff in your game?
1: Oh, I. This is also a work thing. If somebody is constantly taking credit for stuff. Don't trust them. Right. Yeah. Because great leaders, which is, is sort of the position of a storyteller or game master,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they just have results. They, mm-hmm. don't, they don't need to tell you how. Yeah, the, the, uh, re-
2: the results speak for them.
1: The results speak for themselves. Yep. They don't need to tell you how the, the cake was made.
0: Yeah. So, so one, of the, one of the big tests is if one of your players walks up to you and says, Carrie. Yes. I loved the scene that you ran with that dinosaur. Well, thank you. There you go. Done the legend at work.
1: You don't need to say some things like, Well, I spent 40 hours researching dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> right. Or the other the other response is I knew when I was planning that scene that it was going to be something that really appealed to you. Because <laughs> of, right? Because you know what? Both of those are like are responses that are
2: not. Um, they're you're fluffing they're yourself fluffing and you don't yourself. need to do that. Right? Yeah. Not in public. Well, definitely not at game. Yeah, Unless and I think kind of the the flip
0: side to always needing to take credit for that is is always feeling like you need to explain what you did or explain Ooh. parts of the game, yeah, right? No. Because that's and that's really that's the opposite of the, of taking the credit is when they don't compliment something or they don't understand something, you're having to explain it. Oh, like a joke?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we all intuitively know not to explain the jokes, but if you have to explain why the game was fun and they just didn't understand it, you've made several terrible mistakes. Right.
0: Right. Or when they say, like, you know, I had a lot of fun with that, uh, and then you explain why they had fun with it. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's (laughs) something you should be doing on a podcast, not to your players.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another one that I feel very strongly about is, do you have a life outside of your table? Ooh. Yes. Because I actually think that this, it matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, It matters because having a life outside of your table reminds us all that the world doesn't revolve around our game and our responsibilities to that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that, it goes a huge way because being a good you know, being a great DM isn't just uh, telling a great story. You know, it's 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 a little bit living living the life. <laughs> you know, but, I understand what you're saying, but for real, like if if the only thing you could ever talk about is game, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's an issue.
1: I'm also going to say that uh, think about uh, crap. What's his name? What's that director? That's terrible person. that makes of them. Uh, movies about criminals. You've described so many many of them. Anyway, you know, the one that steals all his dialogue from conversations he overhears at restaurants. Quentin Tarantino? Yes. You know what? He's not great, but he is good at stealing dialogue. And if you have a life where you go to restaurants, you interact with other people, you're going to be a better storyteller because you have actual life interactions to fall back on and Mm -hmm. not just uh, uh, books you've read about D&D. Right. That's true. I mean, uh, there's really something to
0: the more life experiences you have, the better rider, the better yeah, straighter yeah. you're going to be, period. Absolutely. Um, another another big thing is, is do you get upset when people put your game down? Oh, that's and hard, I don't mean, That is
1: a hard one. I don't mean
0: put it down like, no, I know what you're like saying. walk away from it or quit. I mean, cause, but that I mean too. man, this game was garbage. Right. We mean like talking crap about it at the restaurant afterwards. I think it's okay for it to bother you. I don't think it's okay for you to ever say a word. I would agree with that. The worst thing you can do is step in and justify why you did it that
1: Never way. do that. <laughs> okay, So, like, this is probably going to sound a little controversial, but, like, even if you realize you were wrong, you can't, especially in the moment, go over and say something. Right. Because, first of all, you're running the magic. Yeah, like I know that sounds dumb it's just a game but you've ruined something by explaining why you made that choice just like going back to it before the magician must never reveal his secrets because once you start pulling the curtain back, right you've completely lost any immersion they had whatsoever No because now it's just your choices in
0: a couple in a couple weeks you can admit that was not my best trick. yeah I'm sorry yeah I should' That's have done a- that better yeah
1: or you know what now that I think about it, that NPC would have made this choice. And maybe even it's bad enough that you go back and say we're going to do this differently, or I'm going to fix it. But all right,
2: so I'm going to I'm going to say something disagree? a little different. Um, I think in in the moment, if you realize, oh, this is not good for my gaming community, right? You just say, hey guys, hold on a second. Let me let me take five minutes. To figure this out, and okay. we may we may like if you're at a tabletop game, we go we may redline the last two rolls
1: if you feel like that you've messed up.
2: Yeah, if it, you know, like I I think that it falls back to the trust thing that you know your players are trusting you and you're trusting your players to go you know let's pause for a second and do what's right for everybody. Okay,
1: you know what I I, I really agree with you. I, I feel like that my perspective was more like uh like you're. Re- you're, you're putting on a
2: show. I get that. No, Jim.
1: no. I mean, like, if I'm a, if I'm at afters and mm-hmm. somebody is like, "Man, that guy would not have made that decision." Fair. That's the one I'm talking okay, about. Okay, yeah, no. But I, I, yeah, I think that you're absolutely right too, uh, because if I've messed up and somebody at the table is really upset, mm-hmm. you're right? Like, maybe you do need to to uh, address that right then. Right. Yes. It's a balance, like everything yeah. in life.
0: Well, I'm gonna. You gotta find a different I'm thing. Flip this even more what? what? Sometimes people are upset because what you did was so right. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Being you- a great dungeon master means people are going to not like you sometimes. That's true. You're gonna have to being a, a great DM. Sometimes has to tell people no. Yeah. Sometimes has to take away that sword that is clearly disrupting the entire party. Yeah, right. Or sometimes the DM has to make a call that's hard, but it's best for the game. Uh, this stuff happens even more in LARP than in Tabletop, but it happens in Mush a lot, too.
2: Yeah, it does. <laughs>
0: um, but, you know, when the larger the group gets, obviously sometimes the easier it is for things to get by and then have to be reined in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But the point is, though, that uh, sometimes being a great... Storyteller means that you're going to make people dislike you, mm-hmm. and and being a good or a great storyteller or DM means that you know that, and you're it's okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's okay, you know. So the the last couple are kind of quick things I've got. You know, are are you willing to make changes? Carrie talked about this mm-hmm. uh, being cha- changing right there on the fly, but also just. In general, if you see something maybe Change the direction of the ship. Change the direction of the yeah. ship. Something maybe doesn't isn't working as well as you want and you change the direction. Are you willing to uh, are you willing to just let you know, kill your darlings is a Absolute. writing it's a writing phrase, but basically it means, you know, is it maybe there's this little subplot that you have created that you are it is your favorite thing in your whole game. Yeah. Your players just don't give a crap about it because they wanna go do this other thing. Well, sometimes you've got to just let it go. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to make that change?
2: There is nothing wrong with putting all of those darlings in a little side folder and using them for another game, another day. You can
0: also
1: mine them
2: for, like, ideas for other stuff to do. Like, if you think, well,
1: they didn't really engage with this, but this part of it here that I came up with that they never got to see,
0: I'm going to put it on this Mm -hmm. other plot. (laughs) You know, there's a flexibility in being a great DM. Uh, Also, you know... This is the the, coming back to making people dislike you. Do you hold your players and the people in your gaming group accountable for the things that they do?
2: Please do. Uh,
0: And I also think this happens in character as well. Do you do you hold their characters Mm -hmm. accountable? You know, if they have a character that walks into every town and immediately, you know, tries to rape a bar wrench, a bar wench,
1: you know, I'm going to put this out here. Just don't. Right. Also, something about bar wrenches, but I don't have yeah. a joke.
0: <laughs> I, I wish I did. I'm going to say, if you've got a player that's doing that, it's not the character that's the problem.
2: Yeah, uh, that's
0: right. You know, holding your people accountable. Uh, and, and do you move your game and the group always in a forward direction with some sort of purpose? Mm-hmm. Because that is huge, huge in being a, a good or a great, better than fine DM. Is that you have... Plot arcs and resolutions and movement. Yes, always movement. Yeah. Uh, and, and and
2: is that purpose. film school
1: talking? It sounds like film school
0: stuff.
2: Well, a lot of that. A lot of this is all connected to that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, to kind of
0: bring it home here. I think it's interesting, uh, folks listening. You you may have noticed that none of these things were were mechanical. None of them were skill based or popularity based. They weren't about your style. Uh, they're really about confidence, attitude, and relationships. And, and so I think anyone can learn mechanical skills.
1: Yeah. It just takes time.
0: Right. Anyone can learn story telling, you know, telling a story. Those things can all be learned. Uh, but the confidence and the, the attitude in how you deal with your, your players and the the way you manage the relationships those are the things that really take you beyond fine and make you a, a great DM.
1: You know, I, I had a really great conversation several years ago at a convention with another storyteller, and essentially his whole thing was, if you're a fine storyteller, if you're telling a story, you're an amazing storyteller if you're collaboratively telling a story with everybody, and absolutely, yeah. that's, that's what it is. Okay. So. There we go. There we go.
2: I hope everyone can be better than okay at their
0: better than fine game running. I mean, it's fine, it's, you you know fine is fine. I'm going to say
1: something awful. I'm, I I I'm 40 now, 42. I'm not interested in playing in a fine game anymore. <laughs> and that's okay because like I have so much going on in my life, yeah, that if I'm going to cut out 4 hours or for a LARP, 8 to to what, like 36 for a whole weekend, I'd better get something back. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to invest. I need to get something for that investment.
2: And real quick, I'd like to say something else. Um, This is more towards the players Mm -hmm. that are listening than the game runners. You can help your game runners be better than fine as well. That's true. You know, like, game runners learn from their players but players learn from their game runners and like it's it's a whole symbiotic new episode idea giving
1: constructive criticism in a way that makes people not hate you
2: oh
0: that's a good idea that get, that i get stupid oh <laughs> i said constructive wait did i not do it right <laughs> no oh, okay man. you need
1: to listen to that you, you know what my worst I my, the to thing that. i hate the most is when i'm like hey uh people that i'm friends with i need you to tell me how how was the game? Right. And I don't need you to say, it was great. It was great. Because even if it was great, I don't need that. That does nothing. What I need you to say is, this, this, and this. Specific things worked or didn't work, and yeah. why. Yeah.
0: I work uh, in communications. It's my right. day job. And we actually talk a lot about, it's, it's kind of, it's my fault. I've started it. But um, fine is not a compliment.
1: No. No. Fine means barely acceptable. Fine
0: means acceptable. Yeah. Right. Nobody wants when they get a review, right? Your your employee evaluation where you're rated from one to five. Mm-hmm. You know how mad we get when we get all threes and our, our managers say, no, three is acceptable. Three is performs all duties adequately. You're like, I'd rather have a one. Nobody. Right. <laughs> right. Because right, I want. can do something about a one. <laughs> Nobody wants threes. And so, so think about that. Like, fine is a three. Yeah, you know what? Three. It, it gets the job done. Yeah, it doesn't fine. get
1: you a raise though. Yeah, it's so it's a dollar store candy bar. Yeah, it so, tastes similar to a Snickers, not, it's not quite, not as good. But it was only a dollar. It was only a dollar.
0: Yeah, but now that you're over forty, and di- <laughs> and I'm not and diabetic. But you, you know, can't have just any sugar, right? It's got to be Jiradeli. Well, you know what? I
1: I am slowly coming around to that myself as far as, like, when I go out to eat, I basically don't eat McDonald's anymore. Not because I'm, like, snooty about it, but I'm like, this meal of, like, three things is going to be a thousand calories. More than, it's more than that. Well, it's according to what you get, but yes. Yeah. It's a lot of calories, and so I'm already chubby, and if I'm going to get obese... It's going to be worth it. It's going to be on Olive Garden, bitches. Oh, yeah. Maybe not Olive Garden, but (laughs) the McDonald's of fancy... Right. Yeah. But yes, uh, so I've gotten really judgmental about even things like fast food. Yeah. Like, I love crystals, but I'm only going to get crystals from the best crystal place that sells them because... It's not worth it to eat a shitty one anymore. I'm too old for that. You don't
0: need a fine crystal.
1: I don't need a fine one. You need an (laughs) exception. Even if it's
0: going to give me diarrhea,
1: I want it to be the best one possible. Oh my
0: gosh. Jason wants the best (laughs) diarrhea
1: possible. Have you ever had a really good shit? Like a straight legger? Man, that's life changing. Let's go to Gamer. Please.
2: please. (laughs)
0: Welcome to Game Rap. Uh, we have finished Woo. episode one of season three. Yay! Of a thousand. Yeah, so we're pretty excited. We have some really cool shows coming up this season. We're going to be talking with, uh, we've got a psychiatrist that's going to come on and talk about some of the, the psychiatry stuff is um, this is the guy who studied steampunk he, he wrote his thesis in medical school on uh steampunk behaviors and things yeah it's is pretty cool is it nope. like where did Tell we go wrong as a society i, I honestly <laughs> don't exactly know but well we're gonna ask him about it but oh, okay. he's gonna talk a little bit about the psychology of gaming and why for example uh it's okay f- like we have no qualms about just you know uh pretending to murder people Right? And he's going to talk about Alibi. some of that. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking to uh, the folks who are developing The Midnight World, which is a really yeah. cool really new role It sounds game really fun. I, I hated that I didn't get a chance to play. Carrie got to see some of it at Midwinter. It, yeah.
2: Look, it was... It was interesting because it felt more like a one. Like it doesn't feel like it's going to be an ongoing game. I mean, maybe I don't know. I, I
1: think that was one of their ideas: is that the games will be like Different old school everybody. Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, Where
2: yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Three
0: games and then everybody's dead. Yeah, yeah.
2: no, yeah. it, it so, seemed very fun. Too. So we're
0: excited about that. We've also gonna we're also gonna have uh, a Professor come in and talk a little bit about some some interesting LARP theories. And so it's we've got a good good. Uh, it's gonna be the month of interviews. What? 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 So we're excited, but in the meantime, uh, uh, let's quickly give out experience points uh, before we go. Uh, Jason, you get five experience points, and let me just... Roll on the magical item chart here for you. Okay. Oh, you get an index card with cursive plus one. Oh, that's... Congratulations <laughs> to you. So that means
1: I've got one level of cursive now.
0: Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> uh, and then, Carrie, you also get five XP mm, okay. tonight. Uh, plus, you get one more extra XP for killing the monster. Oh, okay. thank you. Yeah. And then let's see what your... Stupid killing blow rules. I'm not I'm sure, sure let's which see monster what that Magic item you get here. Rolling on the chart.
2: Patriarchy.
0: <laughs> you get... See what is that? Checking the chart, and you rolled it. Oh, interesting! A dust bunny. No? Okay, so, oh, uh, that's very good. That's right. cute. Yeah, Right. wonderful. Interesting.
1: <laughs> I, I had a game. You, you remember the old D and uh, D leather bound books that had every magic item for a D and D second edition in them? No. Uh, oh, they were wonderful. It okay. was like it was like the the Encyclopedia of okay. Britannica. It was very, like, they went all out. It was
2: thorough. Okay. Very
1: thorough, but also beautiful. They all did right. an amazing job. Even the pages weren't like normal book pages. They are almost like Bible pages and stuff. All right. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it was very high-end and just wonderful. So we would, instead of rolling on the regular tables that you're supposed to, oh, yeah. we would roll in this book. And so one time, the players got uh, a Coke machine, because that's it was an item that had been in some weird adventure like years ago, and they rolled a Coke machine, and they, that's what they got.
2: Well, okay then. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, they were very uh, like, this isn't good for killing. and I, <laughs> So they didn't know what to do with it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are we going to do with this? Give machine. them
2: diabetes.
1: So they
0: just put it in a, uh, a closet and forgot about it. Oh, it my gosh. was deeply tragic. Well, okay. Then. How bizarre. All yes. right. Well, you can find us at honorrollpodcast.com of course we're on Facebook we're on uh, Twitter and we are on all of the places where you can download podcasts and, and your favorite record stores we're not on no. our, your favorite record ah, we stores. should be in record stores yeah uh, we'll have to look into that how, yeah. how do you uh, hmm. <laughs> join us next week when our topic is how do we get in a record store I know a way actually until next time <laughs> I'm Ryan the curmudgeon of course Carrie the legend was here and Jason the favorite I Remember, know. the only way to win a ro- Oh, I thought you were done. <laughs> so I'm Rusty. What was the last line of this? Remember, the only way to win a role-playing <laughs> game is to have fun. Okay, now this is my headphones coming off. Officially. <laughs> the only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a roll again. Tabletop, lot, mush, and everything in between. The only way I win is to have fun with my friends. Motion, everything in between